Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that aims to bring you a greater and wider range of actionable business tips and ideas than you'll find almost anywhere else in one place on the internet. And we do that by bringing you interesting and very special guests, and today will be no exception. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we are so excited to have Larissa Sowen with us today. Hello, Larissa. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Larissa is an accomplished author, book coach, and ghost writer. And today she will be talking to us about the importance of writing your own book to improve your business. And it's a, it's a topic that I can't wait to delve into. But first, Larissa, for our audience, can you give us, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you develop such a passion for writing? Yeah, thank you for the, the kind words. So my background is in corporate, which is not sexy, not fun. Don't love it. But I, it gave me such a of like, I need creative outlet in my life. And I think so much of us goes into our work that we kind of lose our creative self. So I started writing creatively a couple of years ago, and I just kind of lit this fire in me. And there was no going back. I fell in love with books all over again. I had always been a reader, but then I, you know, I started creating these worlds and these characters and, and this fantasy realm to delve into. And I said, I need other people to do this. I need them to know the power of writing creatively. So I, I started going out and coaching and, and ghostwriting that way. And then I thought, okay, I need to do this full time. I need to put a business behind this. And the power of my book, my sci-fi book was people just gave me this credibility instantly. And mm -hmm. when I started my business, they, it didn't matter that what genre my book was in, I'd written a book and I was therefore credible. And I said, there is this sweet spot in the world of business, especially entrepreneurs, write a book to grow your business because people just inherently assign this credibility to you mm -hmm. and you assign it to yourself. And so that's, that's how I got into this world is I, I saw this need, I saw the power and I brought my two worlds together. Excellent. Oh, very good. Very good. So you, you've covered a fair bit, but tell our audience, which is an audience of mainly business people and entrepreneurs, a little bit more about why, how a book could boost their business. Yeah. So credibility, we, we already talked about mm. that one. So I'll let that one sit for a while because one of the things when I started getting introduced on stages and podcasts and things like that, at first it was kind of hard to get my foot in the door because I wasn't advertising myself the right way mm -hmm. and then I started saying hey I'm a best-selling author and doors flew open to speaking engagements and to podcasts and again they I, I don't even I didn't even drop a title to my book I just said this is what I am and people were giving me this credibility and so I started getting on speaking engagements and closing deals like crazy all on the backs of my book a book that people weren't even necessarily reading just reading, that I had right. written, right? And then in my sales funnel, so when I first started out, I didn't have a business to style book. My I 
started the business and then I wrote the book so that I knew the book would be good, (laughs) basically. And I started using it as a sales funnel. So people that want to work with me, that want to write their own memoirs and autobiographies, particularly, I send them to my book first. And it just kind of cuts out all of that. um, I don't know if your style is right for me. I don't know if your teachings Mm -hmm. are right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is what I need. And it brings those clients to me that are ready to buy. It cuts out all of that, those, those conversations that you know are a dead end. The second you get on the call, you're like, no, this isn't going to work out. Right. So that is like two really fast ways a book can just expedite your business's growth. Wow. Very good. Excellent example. So I I throw my history of books in. There's my book behind me. I did it the other way around. I was doing quite a lot of public speaking. And every time I did a speech, people say, you've got to write a book, got to write a book, write a book. So I wrote a book and then self-published and sold nothing like yours. But but the same thing, I found exactly the same thing. It helped me get more speaking engagements because now I've got a book. And mm-hmm. I, I wrote it really to sell at the back of the room. It's not even on Amazon. I sell it on my own website. So mm-hmm. that was another way. But I think your way is probably a lot more effective. So <laughs> back to you, Kathleen. And it's not just credibility. It's impressive to tell yeah. somebody that you've written a book. But Larissa, for how do you go about helping people write a book? Yeah. So I primarily work with coaches that are looking to grow and sell. So they have their business, you know, it's going well for them, but they're really ready to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I do the self-publishing route. That's my guru expert. So I'm glad you said that, Peter, because that is really a great path to go that I think a lot of people don't know. But the beauty of serving coaches and, and entrepreneurs is they've gone through this groundwork of figuring out their niche already. Mm-hmm. They already know what their messaging is, generally speaking. They already have the programs in place and they just need to kind of switch the mentality from speaking like videos, teaching kind of a thing to the written word. And what we do quite often is we literally just take their programs and translate it to paper. Uh-huh. We take blogs that they already have. We take their programs. We take their social media posts, their podcast interviews, and we just put it into a book. And it takes the best of them and puts it out there in another format. Mm -hmm. And the other really cool thing that it does, and I have found this with so many of my clients. So yes, they come to have these amazing programs. They're getting great results. When we write the book, 90% of the time, they go back to their programs and rework their programs because they think about it in a new way. They are teaching in a new way. They're saying it in a new way. And they just come out enlightened of like, oh my gosh, I need to rework my program. Like this is gold. And it just builds this massive growth in their companies. Oh, very good. Excellent. So what about publishing options? What do you, how do you help people and what do you advise for publishing? So for my clients, we do indie publishing, self-publishing, however you want to call it through um, Amazon is my preferred one. I know you mentioned it too. There are absolutely other avenues to Mm -hmm. get into. Generally speaking, the people that are writing books for their business, they don't need the complexities of Mm -hmm. other platforms. Amazon is perfect for eBooks and even soft cover, if that's what you're looking to go to. There are three styles of publishing. So there's the straight up self-publishing. You do it yourself. You're you're responsible. You own all of your content and you get majority of the royalties. 
Then there is the high, or the, the traditional publishing, which is where a publishing company comes to you and buys the rights to your book. So mm-hmm. you get, let's say, 8 to 12% of the royalties after a book is sold. But they take over some of the bigger things like the marketing, and they help you with the editing mm-hmm. and the designing. Really hard to get into, especially for business-boosting books. It is, and it can take years to get into. So it doesn't work for a lot of business owners that are looking to move quickly. And then there's people like me, which are hybrid publishers. So I own my own publishing house and I help authors publish their books while giving them the rights to it. I never touch the rights to the book. You own that as the author, but I help them again. I help them find editors. I, I am an editor myself. So I will actually be reading the work and providing some editing services. I help them with the interior and the cover designs and I help them with marketing plans, like things that as an indie are so overwhelming. So I kind of take the traditional and the indie publishing world and I merge them together so that my poor authors are not alone. You don't have to do this (laughs) alone, right? It's an isolating process. And so that's where you reach out for help. Right. Oh, well, and believe me, from my own experience, trying to do everything yourself is a big headache as well, especially when you have other commitments in your own business. Yeah. It was a major headache. And then you, if people, if your clients want a soft cover book or a hard cover, you can organize printers and the whole deal for them. Right. Yeah. That's why we all go through Amazon. So Amazon, um, Kindle direct publishing all of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. They have a print on demand service, which is really slick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I looked at that. I'm talking six years ago and I can't remember why, but I didn't go for it. And I, I had an actual printer, a traditional printer, do my book mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that printer went out of business before I wanted uh, reprints. So I had to find start all over again with another printer. So I'm sure someone like you would take all those headaches away. So yes, back yeah. to you, Kathleen. Larissa, something else just came to me. How At what point would an entrepreneur or a small business owner contemplate doing or producing or creating their own book at what point should they stop and say okay this is our next marketing tool now I think you have to know what works for you and what doesn't and I say this from a sense that not everyone should write a book because not everybody enjoys writing not everybody enjoys that style of marketing so you have to know what you enjoy and what you want to continue doing in your business so For example, if video marketing is like super fun for you, then moving to the written word, to trying to do blogs, to trying to market a paperback product or even an ebook might not be for you. It's you have to kind of know how the markets work, what your customers are looking for, what your messaging is going to be. So these are people that have been in business for a couple of years. They've worked out these finer details. They know what it is that they're trying to do and they can make this tool work for them. Mm. And so should a book be an ebook, a paper book or both, or does it even matter? It totally depends on what you want to do with it. So, um, Ebook is really great if you're planning on using your book as like a a freebie, a magnet or something like that, because there's no cost to it. You can digitally send it and it's it's in people's hands instantly. For speaking engagements like Peter was talking about, it's really nice to have a physical copy of your book to sell or give out at the end of your speaking engagements that is like a supercharged calling card, basically business card. Mm -hmm. 
And then it depends on what your readers are using, what their platform is. So for me, uh, I published my How to Write a Book Memoirs and Autobiographies, which is targeted at the older generation. They want paperback. That is mm -hmm. what they want to use. Younger generation is more um, potentially more eco-friendly. They're looking for faster hands-on paper, hands-on books. So they want eBooks. So it depends who you're talking to. And how long should a book be? Is there is there sort of a any guidelines that you can offer somebody to say, well, it shouldn't go over seven hundred pages, or it shouldn't be more yeah. than? Is do you have does that even exist in terms of a it, marketing tool? It does. So traditional publishers have word ranges that they like to see. So memoirs and autobiographies is like fifty to seventy thousand words. Sci-fi is 80 to 100,000. So the genre, but that's for traditional publishing. And in my opinion, that is so outdated. Oh. The readers of today are not worried about how big or how small a book is. In a lot of cases, especially for business style books, their readers are busy people. Mm -hmm. and they want to the point, like get mm -hmm. to the point, teach me what I want to know. So Honestly, the shorter, the better for those types of books. My book is a workbook and it's 120 pages long and it is straight to the point and it gets you to the end and it is a best-selling book. So it, for the business style books, I recommend shorter, like 20 to 30,000 words. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So I when you look into the future, you know, ebooks have become very, very popular and have eroded a lot of the market for hard or soft cover for tangible books. Um, has that stabilized or, or do you think that trend will continue? I think it will continue. If I'm honest, I think the more eco friendly the world moves, the more the younger generation is coming up and they're using ebooks in schools and things like that because there's so much cheaper textbooks and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, there's sure. so much cheaper to go ebook route. The economy, the way it is, the cheaper the better. I think the age of needing to have the physical book in your hand is dying out. It'll mm -hmm. take 20, 30, 40 years to be died out. Um, but I do believe that is what's happening. Yes. Okay. I, this is just a personal survey of one. I will buy nonfiction, not that I buy much ebook to put on my Kindle because it's easy to carry around. If I'm waiting for a doctor, I've got several books I can choose from, but uh, so uh, novels and that, but nonfiction, if, if it's a textbook business book, I, I still prefer the paper one because I can write in it and I can, I've yet to find a way to get back to a previous page on a Kindle as easy as I can in a paperback or in a, in a book as I can put marks in it or uh, bookmarks, whatever. So is that is that an, an, a generational thing or is that um, common with other people as well? So I know for myself, I'm also a university student right now. I'm re-educating myself and I primarily am with you. I like the physical textbooks. The generation that is much younger than me and, you know, coming straight out of high school is all digital. They all digital. only buy digital. And again, because it's like 30 to 40% cheaper than the physical sure. textbook. Sure. And textbooks are pricey. But oh, yeah. they have iPads where they download them onto their iPads and they're able to write all over them. 
right? They're able to uh, jump pages back and forth. So the technology is catching up with those needs that right. you and I have for the paperback. They're yeah. catching it up with technology. Really? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Very good. So when you start working with someone, you work with a lot of their, well, your clients, you work with a lot of their already existing content, their, be it a blog or, or their programs or something, but do you still find they need to do quite a lot more new writing or do you do that for them? Um, so it depends. I I typically, as a ghostwriter, I stick in the thick realm. That's my my joy is creating worlds. When it comes to the nonfiction books, like my coaching clients per se, I don't write any content for them. What I do is I provide okay. the developmental editing. So what is very cool about the way I work is that you get me as your one-on-one -on -one coach. So I walk you through all of the, you know, figuring out who you're writing to, outlining it, all the mindset stuff. But then as you're writing, I'm reading your work and you are having to teach me. I don't know anything about your programs or your processes or anything. So you're having to teach me. And I'm giving you this feedback of like, this is working. I need more here. I need less here. Like, let's tweak mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm. And I'm comparing it to works in a similar genre. And so sometimes authors have to go back and do some more work, some more research. A lot of times, though, they know the answers in their head. They just forgot to write it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just that okay. assumption that everyone okay. knows kind of a thing. That's generally what I find happens. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So once a book has been published, do you give any guidance as to how somebody should be marketing it? Yeah, that's another thing of my pride and joy in my program, because I find a lot of coaches like that, that are in the book coaching realm only take you through the writing part. With me, I take you through all of it. And so there's the four pillars of writing the book. There's the actual writing part. There's the editing part, and there's the marketing part, and then the publishing. And the marketing part in my program, yes, it's the third pillar, but it starts at the very beginning. Pretty much day one that we start working together, we start thinking marketing. Because marketing starts with knowing who you're talking to. And that to write your book, you need to know who you're talking to. So mm -hmm. yes, I do cover marketing. I give you a full marketing plan. I give you marketing graphics and we know who we're targeting. So in the long game, you're not struggling to figure out where to market your book. You know exactly where you're going. Excellent. Very um, good. I, am I right in, in thinking that pre-launch marketing is increasing compared to days gone by? Yes. Okay. Launch parties are a very interesting topic because they can... They're really good for the author. They make mm -hmm. you feel really good. They they give you something to celebrate, a, you know, a cake to have, a champagne to pop. But marketing starts literally day one of your book. So, sure. I, for example, I'm writing my, my second sci-fi novel right now. And part of my marketing strategy is to engage uh, TikTok is primarily where I market in mm. my writing process, mm -hmm. asking mm -hmm. questions, sharing scenes, sharing struggles so that when it comes time to actually sell my book, I already have this audience that's ready and waiting and like curious. So yeah, pre-launch marketing, it, start as soon as you can, like as soon as you can start marketing your book. 
So picking up on that, how 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 much do you engage your audience? For instance, I'm just pulling something out of the air. Let's say there's a character in your uh, sci-fi book and you decide whether they should be wearing a blue or a green outfit. Would you sort of ask your audience something like that sort of question, as detailed as that, or not really? Yeah, you could. I've asked for character names before. Mm -hmm. I've asked for what would you do in this scene. I have asked for... Um, lots of different world building tips. Like if you had to pick the color of a tree, what would you pick and why? Like what's the symbolism behind that right, color for right, you? Right. And it really does draw in those readers. And and coming back to the nonfiction realm, it's the same style of questioning, engaging. What do you want to know about? Here's my topic. Like what's your burning questions that you want answered? What's the problems you've been having about this? If you had you could sit down with me for half an hour what would you ask me it's it's just mm-hmm. so engaging mm-hmm. yeah yeah in fact i i arrived at my final book design, cover design by putting two totally different designs on linkedin and asking a whole lot of people for an opinion and the one i got came out something like 8 80, 80 20 in favor of that one so yeah that's I even six years ago I did that. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Here here's one for you that a lot of people are going are going to be interested in. How do you help your clients overcome writer's block for those ones who have to do a bit of writing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there's there's a couple different kinds of writer's block and it it varies on your genre. So mm-hmm. let's say in the nonfiction realm, sometimes writer's block comes in the form of I just don't wanna. I just am not in the writing mood. Take a break. Walk away. Um, Go do something else. Busy your hands. Quiet your mind. Go do dishes. Go get physical. Go do something with your body to deactivate your mind and reactivate your physical. And then come back in half an hour. Try Mm -hmm. again. When it comes to more creative style blocks, so it's I want to write, but I don't know what to write. Mm-hmm. write about something totally different. So for example, if I'm writing a um, a book on meditation and I am stuck on breath work, I do not know what to say. I might go and pick up a topic on poses instead, on ways to move your body, ways to sit, what to think about, like totally switch up the topic. I could even take it further and write in sci-fi, write in fantasy, mm-hmm. Just get your mind out of the topic that you're stuck on for 15, 20 minutes. Clear the block and then come back. Okay. Good advice. Yeah. Good advice. I've got another one. Can I, Kathleen, we've got a couple of minutes in hand. So, Larissa, is is AI with things like Chat GPT Mm -hmm. and these other AI tools, which we're using quite honestly? but we are all we edit all of them that we do use. Is that a threat to people like yourself or is it an opportunity? How do you see that? It's a huge opportunity. I use AI myself for my marketing messaging because mm-hmm. if you have been in the entrepreneur world or in the spot where you have to market yourself, you know how tedious creating marketing messaging can be. To say the same thing over and over and over again in different ways, enticing, exciting, whatever the case might be to draw in your audience, it can take this huge mental load off of you to go into an AI software, put in a few keywords, and it spits out, you know, five, 10 
curated messages to you. Mm -hmm. It will never replace our books though. It will always feel bland. It will always feel like it doesn't have a personality. It'll always feel like the same thing you've read because it's just pulling off of the internet, like key topics, right? So you're going to read it and be like, man, this sounds similar. It will have no genuine ideas. It will have nothing groundbreaking. It won't replace books. It won't replace the material we need in our lives to grow. Yeah, I I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does save us a bit of time there. Yeah, yeah. Ah, good one. Hopefully that will put some people's minds at rest. A few people are panicking and I don't think they should be. So. Yeah, right. So, so Kathleen, Larissa, back to you. Tell our audience how they can contact you. Yeah, so next page publishing at outlook.com is the easiest way. It's a direct line to my inbox. I check it every day. The other route is to go to my website, larissasowen.coach, where you can find a little bit more about me and my programs and how we can work together. And then you can book a direct one-on-one call with me as well. Excellent. Could you just give me that email address again? So we got it really yeah. clear for audio listeners. Next page publishing at outlook.com. Next. Okay. Next page publishing at outlook.com. I want to get it right. Okay. Got that. Wonderful. Larissa, thank you very much. That's very interesting. I wish I'd known you six years ago when I wrote my book. It would have saved me a lot you of call time. Call me for your next book. How about that? There's I will always do that. the next book. But here, here's a question for you on that one. I wrote mine. I've had a very different life. Lived in Africa most of my life and had sort of experiences and adventures and scary stuff most people can only dream about. It would be good, good material for your sci-fi. Anyway, when I... Everyone said you got to write a book. So I sat down and wrote for months every morning. And then I needed to find an editor and I couldn't afford a good editor. So I got hold of a book coach in the US. Someone put me onto and she said, I'll have a look at it. And she said, unless you're famous or infamous, people do not want to read memoirs. So I would suggest you take some of the stories and put it more like yourself, which is which is what I did. But that stuck in my mind. Is that correct? Are people nowadays not really interested in memoirs unless it's an exceptional person? Pretty much, yeah. Like unless you're like the Will Smith or Steve Jobs, yeah. if you want to get a traditional publishing deal. But the important thing to know with the memoir and the autobiography genre, you're not doing it for the masses. You're doing no. it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. You're doing it for your friends. Sure. But the main reason I wrote my my how to write a book memoirs and autobiographies is because I had done an interview with a woman who had early onset dementia. And she was terrified of losing her history and right. not being able to share with her, you know, children what she went through, how she grew up and what made her her. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote the book. I said, that mm-hmm. is that is heartbreaking. Everybody should be able to tell their story in a way that sticks around longer than unfortunately mm-hmm. our memories do. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Good right. point. No, thank you for that. Good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again, Larissa, for being on the show today. We so appreciated having you. If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, please go to theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form, and we would love to hear from you. And if there's any topics at all that you would like us to cover, please reach out and provide them in the comments because we do have access to a lot of experts on this show. And Peter, you wanted to talk about the newsletter. Just a reminder that if you don't want to miss the new guests that we've got coming up in the weeks to come, while you're on our website, 
Look for the form, sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you one email a week with details of guests that are coming along. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.